Hi there, everybody. This is uh, Trevor Harris, and thank you for coming back to another episode of Grills of Sacramento. Today, I have a very special guest. He is a special effects artist. Name is Dan Acasa with Happy Death FX. Um, has been a major contributor on my last two projects and is relatively well-known amongst all of us uh, guerrilla filmmakers out there in Sacramento. And I brought him on to uh, talk to us about what he does, why he does it, and why he loves to do it, and what he hopes to do more with it. And uh, without any further ado, let me introduce Dan Acosta. Dan, thank you for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, and uh, so I want to thank you for your uh, amazing work on Margarita Kill, which was a movie that I just filmed about a killer parrot. And uh, it just is rancid, and it's only rancid because you did it. Why don't you give us a, a little a little background on what got you into being so damn good at what you do? Well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, I'm going to be pretty much a standard uh, artist here. Uh, I don't think my stuff's e- extremely great. I mean, it's always room for improvement. Um, there's certain levels I want to reach. When I get those levels, I keep wanting to go on to the next one, the next one, you know? So yeah, I strive to be better. And when you come up with challenges like you did with the Margaritaville, uh, parody, um, that was, uh, took some, uh, thought. I mean, it came out great. I liked it. I, I loved it. But you know, when you start doing stuff, you go through it in your head and you're like, Oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. You know? Oh, I, absolutely. I totally, I feel that way about the, the, the project too. I go back and look at it and, the the parts that I love are the parts where you were the heavy hitter, and the parts that I don't like are the parts where I was I was left to my own devices. <laughs> I think that's that's how it goes. What a uh, what what made you decide to to start making people look really good dead? You know, it's kind of funny, man. It, it, it's a it's a long story, so I won't get too too involved with it. But um, uh, it was actually an idea my my mom had of all people. Um, I tried to get into doing poster bills and uh, whatnot for bands. Basically, just um, I really like the uh, like when you go see your favorite band and you see the, the uh, posters that are saying where they're playing and stuff like that. Absolutely. And yeah, I just really love the artwork and wanted to do that. And didn't know how to get into it, but I you know I, I made a lot of dummy flyers and stuff like that and and tried to get my stuff out there, but it just wasn't wasn't uh meant to be and then um i did makeup one one night for a haunted house and i took a couple pictures and then my mom said that uh hey you know it's not the meeting you want to do it in but maybe you should try doing makeup and i was like ah whatever and then i think it was half a year later i met a gentleman by the name of jill harlow who was an academy award winner and personal makeup artist of uh uh, Johnny Depp and he went through my stuff and he just uh, he pretty much watered that seed my mom planted in the back of my head he he said that my work was uh, tight and clean and that I had a good uh, visual for bone structure and I was like oh okay so I just said maybe there's something here and I kind of pursued it after that holy shit what a uh, what a what a serendipitous encounter yeah. Oh, dude, it was. It was awesome, man. I mean, I'm sure if I was more into the uh, makeup scene before I met him, I'd probably have been a little bit more geeked out. But, you know, just to sit there and pick somebody's ear that that fresh into my into my journey into makeup was pretty amazing. You know, I think I think it's pretty important to meet mentors and uh, people who inspire you when you're not totally geeked out. <clears throat> exactly. You know, you, you, when, yeah. When you're not looking, I think, you know, 
when, when, when it just kind of happens or you find somebody. And that's really incredible that, you know, to meet somebody so successful so early on in, in, in an endeavor like that. that That's very uncommon and very, very, very fortunate. I'm very happy for you. That's a that's incredible. Oh, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, inc- yeah, no, that's I was, incredible. I was pretty geeked about it, you know. I, I mean, I talk to the guy every now and then to this day. So Super. <laughs> awesome. it, was a good, it was a good conversation. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, what, what, uh, what was uh, your first experience like doing it? you know, for somebody, for a film or for somebody else's project? So uh, this story I haven't really told very much. Uh, My first, uh, my first project was for a uh, company called Sony. They were doing a uh, launch on a bunch of new lenses and camera equipment. And I was brought out as as an assistant and I got there. They told me to, um, they told me that they wanted to teach me some stuff, right? I I went with a couple makeup artists um, and Long story short, they didn't want me there to teach me anything. They wanted me to, they said, okay, do your thing to one of the models. I said, what do you mean do my thing? So go go dead them out. I'm like, oh, okay. So I ended up deading them out. And because of that, I ended up getting a few other phone calls. And I got a phone call from a band called uh, Kinfrit, a little uh, area thrash band, um, wanted to do a, a music video. So that was my first big, big project, I would have to say. Um, I had to do 12 zombies. Uh, it was the all day shoots. I had, uh, you know, I was by myself for the most part. Um, when I first started doing the makeup on the first zombie, which was the feature zombie that gets featured in the video the most. Um, so it had to be dialed in. I tell you what, man, I, I got, I got cold, started sweating, shaking. I felt sick. I got hella nervous. I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is, this is bad. I've never felt this before in my life, you know, just so much anxiety. So I said, Hey man, give me a quick second. I got to step out to the car real quick. So I had to go outside and just calm down, you know, just like, Hey man, this is, this is no big deal, dude. This is no big deal, man. Just go in there and put the makeup on their face and get the hell out of there. And that's what I ended up doing and everything was fine. It turned out great. And I ended up getting the uh, gig with uh, Machine Head because of that music video. Oh, right. That's awesome. Yeah I, yeah, I can totally relate to that. I still get that now. I, I mean, like, it's not <laughs> like I've done an, a lot, but like, you know, I worked on a second movie and I, I think you probably noticed the crew was relatively similar to the, the crew that we had done for the previous film. Yes. And still, I just a ball of fucking knots the entire time. And, and I'll tell you what, and I learned, I've learned this the past couple of weeks, and I don't know if you experienced this early on. Maybe I'm just looking for, like, a validation in my well-being at this moment in life. But, like, when you go into that and that anxiety takes over, afterwards is brutal. Like, there's a recovery period between a massive project. I don't know if that's just, like, the burden of the director or what, but do do you feel, like, a letdown? Like, when you're done with a project or you see it, do you, like, work yourself up about it? And then, you know, how, how do you how do you go about it? Oh, when I go into a project, man, no, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, when I go into a project, I'm always I'm always nervous, man. I mean, because anything can happen. Nothing, never, you can sit there and do so many test makeups and stuff. It's just when you're on location, it's way different than sitting in your bedroom or a studio. You know what I'm saying? And things always work out better for you. And then when you get on set and all of a sudden stuff doesn't work or whatnot, you got to figure out how to do it. You got to make sure the producers and the directors are happy and not too mad and still come up with a good project. Um, I kind of try to empty a lot of that stuff out of my head and I just deal with each thing one at a time. Uh, just because, you know, there's always going to be something, even with the simplest makeup, even if there's no appliances at all, you know, maybe the, maybe the actor has an allergic reaction to the makeup that you're using for some reason, you know, or you just forget something, which is, uh, that happened a couple times where you would just have to emphasize right there on the spot. Uh, but afterwards, um, if it's something super heavy, something super crazy, um, you know, 
I, I go through my little little uh, progressions of, uh, I hope it turned out good enough, hope it turned out good enough. I usually end up talking to the director like two or three days later and seeing how things are going and if there was anything there that uh, I needed to fix or anything like that. But for the most part, uh, the directors and the producers are pretty cool about stuff like that. And they'll tell me right on the spot because I try to tell people, I say, hey, if you see me doing something wrong, man, tell me now. Don't tell me when I'm done. Oh. So that way it's, it's easier for me to fix, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, it, I like I... And going through, like, I, I was, I'm just so thankful <laughs> that, that you were there because I, uh, you know, going into the, the, the final kill sequence, everything in my head worked in a certain way, almost as though I'd already edited the movie and I'd already seen these scenes. And then, and, you know, most of it was pretty straightforward. Guy, girl, go down alley, girl runs away. He crawls into the trash. He gets killed with a blender. And that seemed like pretty straightforward. But, and this is a lesson I learned I will try to plan shooting schedules in such a way where I'm not doing the hardest fucking part of the movie when I've got zero gas left in the tank. <laughs> and I mean, and it's hard to it's hard to plan that because you're, you're you're monitoring people's time, but having you there to work hand hands on with me to get that stuff done was crucial because I mean, it's your work that I'm showcasing. I don't want to fuck it up. Then it's like it looks so good, and the only thing that could ruin it at this point is if I block it weird or a tube sticking out or somebody's hand is there, you know, and you just totally blow the illusion. And, right. and, and you know, I didn't see anything wrong that you had done. It was just, it, it's, it's, interest, it's a really interesting thing working with special effects, you know, where we worked on Man in the Alley, just a set of toes, nobody else is in the screen. He grab, drags them across the ground, real straightforward, nothing, nothing too wonky there. But this was the first time I'd done anything like, fully hands-on in the face snuff film looking and it like it was it was, it was pretty brutal but i mean you know having you there to lean you know having you there to lean on really really made it easy and uh as far as like uh effects that you've done what is your favorite thing that you've ever built out so I don't do uh, much building, uh, for say, man. Um, there's so many talented people here in Sacramento that can do such a nicer, better job than me because that's what they focus on. Don't, um, don't when I do build outs short. and stuff like that, like uh, I'd have to say this one I just did with you uh, was the first time I ever had to create uh, <clears throat> create something I've, I've never created before. Um, the the eyeball thing where you wanted me to, where you wanted to. Uh, squeeze it or poke it and you wanted uh ooze to come out of it right yeah yeah so i never did anything like that and i it was not very much research work on that the only thing i could ever find on on that was what the fluid looks like inside the eyeball you know <laughs> so it, it took me probably about three days to figure out something and um i i, I did it i thought it came out pretty good uh yeah, like yeah. i said going <laughs> through the process i'd probably do a couple other things differently but other than that you know um that would probably be the best one uh, to date. It's usually the stuff that I'd never done before and pull it off. That's usually my 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 big hoo-yah for, for moment, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Until the next one. <laughs> I, I actually actually showed the, the movie to somebody who had no idea about any of it. They watched it cold. They had no idea. I didn't even know the person. And, and they were like, oh, well, well, can I laugh at it if I think it's funny? And I'm like, well, yeah, I certainly hope that you think it's funny. But if you want to laugh at it, I mean, I, I'm I'm into an organic response. And they were totally ready to just be like, oh, some random schmuck showing me the shit they made in their backyard. And then they started to watch it. And 
you know, they, they, they had a reaction to Joe's eyeball. Of course, it's hard not to. It looks great. And then once it gets yanked out of his fucking skull and squeezed over a margarita glass, she could not continue watching the movie. She had to s- set the phone down and had to walk away and stood over like about a few feet away from the phone and said, I'll finish watching. Just please tell me when that's done. She sat over there for 30 seconds because uh, I don't let that scene go cut. I don't don't cut that. I, I have a, a pull away where we go back to Joe for a moment, but no. That whole squeeze, just especially the second half of it when it's just chunky, man, that, that was brilliant work. It's so fucking gross. I actually still have the eyeball in the margarita glass on my bookshelf. Yeah, it's going. It's going nowhere. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm glad you had a uh, got good reaction. I, you know, that's usually what you want. You want somebody when they look at your work to, you know, is that is that real or, or you know, you don't want it to. I, I get it. I, I still to this day, even though I'm in the field, I still laugh at really bad FX, and it makes me wonder how some people, you know, how how did that get on TV? You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of funny, uh, but I know a lot of to the to the person who doesn't do makeup. Um, they might not notice all the stuff, you know, that, yeah. that other, it's like when you, when you're doing a profession and like you're, uh, you're a director, you can, you can tell when things were stopped and restarted again. Editors can tell when things were spliced together, you know, it's just those things. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of ruined me for a lot of movies recently. Um, so a lot of times when I watch movies, I have to watch them three times. You know, the first time is just to get over the fact that the whatever is bad is bad. And then the second time is, okay, where's where's the scene? And then I can sit back and enjoy it for what it is. You know, it's kind of weird, but... Do do you get, you know, with, with film, I kind of, there's this like thing, kind of like this, John Waters said this a long time ago. He said, if you want to get good at making movies, watch bad ones. And do do you feel like you get the same sort of like inspiration, seeing somebody's bad effects and then thinking to yourself, how would I do that? How could I fix that or make that better? And that helps your work? Uh, sometimes it depends. Um, I was watching this movie yesterday and, uh, I wish I could remember the name of it. My son and I were watching it and it was a, it was a girl who was possessed in it and she had these, uh, Oh, it was, uh, it was an anime brought to, um, life. Uh, they used real people from an anime. I think it's called, uh, 101, um, zombie or something. Anyway, uh, it just came out on Netflix not too long ago. And there's a there's a scene where this lady turns into a zombie, and you know it's nothing too crazy, but it's, it's uh, stuff going through this woman's face are all three dimensional and are popping out, and and uh, the the work it was it seemed seamless. I mean, I was like super impressed. I, in fact, I remember saying that to my son while watching the movie. I said, "Dude." Uh, that's pretty sick makeup right there. My son kind of looked at me and kind of shrugged his shoulders, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's watching the movie for the movie. And I'm like, here, oh, look at that makeup, dude, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, when you watch that, all right. But yeah, when I, when I watch uh, bad movies, um, I can sit there and say, yeah, why didn't they do it this way? Why did they do it that way? But I don't, I don't make fun of it because here's the reason, man. Um, I don't, I don't consider myself a, a top tier makeup artist. I'm, I'm still learning. You know, I'm always going to be learning. Um, everybody goes through levels, you know. Absolutely. I mean, there's levels yeah. that I was doing that look like, you know, complete ass, you know, yeah. when I go back and look at it. But people loved it. And then there's stuff that I've done where I thought was, you know, incredibly awesome. And it really wasn't, you know. No, totally. 
And and I don't even I don't even mean from like a make fun of standpoint. I, I try not to make fun of. I think every movie's a miracle. Sometimes, sometimes the movie does like you know. Okay, it's like that. I'm not. I, it's hard not to laugh at it. But like I generally find a- anything that makes it from the written page, even if it even ends up on the fucking page, is a miracle. And then you know if it can get from the page to a screen, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away and years away from when it was made, that's a miracle to me. But I look at, you know, narratively, I'll watch things, you know, because I love, like you, I love 80s gore, I love 80s horror, and it generally has some of the weakest storytelling, but always, always has this sort of charm that'll keep you latched right into it, that, that, that time and place. And I, and I think, like, you know, watching that really has a massive impact. I mean, I look at the movie we just made, and I'm like, this is an 80s grindhouse. Like, this is, this is this is like totally a section out of an 80s horror movie and you know if it were 30 years ago maybe somebody maybe maybe i'd be able to actually make this thing but it's uh it's a fun it's a fun crazy thing because i i got i think my biggest inspiration for margarita kill came came from like the driller killer or uh uh what is it um i'm blanking um it's not a slumber party massacre, isn't that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one? One or two? <laughs> I mean, two. I would say two, where he's got that guitar with the drill bit on the end of it. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you, how do you, you know, what, what can you do with that? And just the, the, you know, the combination of music at the time with that, it's like, hey, the movie's ridiculous. But I mean, he's got a rad flying VS guitar with a drill bit attached to the end of it. Like, I'm in. Right, right. I'm fucking in. I don't, I don't need to be, you know. I don't need like the the most highbrow thing in the world all the time. I love that shit, and so. Oh like, no, no. Well, look, man. Uh, I think Evil Dead's one of my favorite uh, ones that I I, I visit quite a bit. Same. Watch um, it this week. <laughs> that's just gratuitous gore, dude. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And it's great. It's great. I did you like the? How did you feel about the new one and like the 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 practical effects? If you got a chance to see it, I don't know if you did. Um. Yeah. No, I'm kind of a fanboy when it comes to the Evil Dead stuff. I mean, I uh, I like them all. Um. This uh, new one that just came out, the most recent one, uh, the one that happens in the uh, the apartment complex, yeah. I, I enjoyed that one, man. That was uh, it was a, it was a, it was a new take, yeah. uh, same storyline, new take. I did enjoy it. It was fun. It was it was fresh because they remade the old one uh, a few years ago prior, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was good, but it wasn't. It didn't have that same. You know, I only watched it twice and. Didn't have that the was charm. the end of it. You know, I don't ever think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the chimera of them at the end of the movie, that practical job of like that ball thing where the, all the whole whole family makes that giant beast is just fucking aces. That shit is so fucking cool. Right, right. <laughs> Feed it into the wood chipper. I mean, that's the stuff that that makes my head turn, and I just start to my gears start to start to just crank away when I see stuff like that because I'm like, man, this shit is this is you can do whatever. You know, yeah. being reminded. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as, as long as you can make it happen, yeah. I can do it. And that's why, and, right? And that's why, like you know, people like you, makeup artists and special effects artists, like having somebody like you to call and be like, "Hey, I've got this idea," and knowing that it's not impossible is just it. It's like a give and take for me. I think, you know, when I'm going into something, I'd be pretty shocked if I like wrote anything ever that didn't involve somebody in your profession i just can't right right this is not who i am it's not what i want to make and like and i like the the most recent thing i wrote a story about a a a talking dumpster 
And sort, <laughs> okay. sort, sort of like a little shop of horrors where he convinced this is, convinces this meek man to go give him people to eat, you know, yeah. because he's tired of eating to-go containers and boxes because nobody grocery store, grocery shops anymore. So he's got no food. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> like I'm like, man, yeah, well, if I just got this fucking dumpster, though, like, where's the gore? And then, like, I start thinking, like, oh, man, but what if a big fucking tongue came out of this thing and was, like, grabbing people, like, tentacle, you know? And I'm like, uh, like a little venom thing kind of going on? Yeah, yeah, this sloppy, this <laughs> sloppy dumpster tongue just <laughs> coming out of the dumpster. I was like, well, because, like, I, I feel like with that, I mean, sure, if you don't have the sloppy tongue, then you have sort of this, like, artsy kind of movie and it's like nah but like yeah that's fine if those elements are there but I need Dan to make me a massive tongue (laughs) (laughs) I need a tongue or like you know I need to I need something to make it visceral and I just I I I think that you know what what you do is is sort of the impetus to do what I want to do right it's sort of like a food it's sort of like a food chain like I don't know if I'd have made Man in the Alley if I couldn't find somebody to do my toes, and that's really an insignificant part of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Well, you know, everything's parts, man. Everything is parts uh, when, when you're doing stuff like that. It, it, it's kind of weird, especially when it comes to makeup artists. Um, it, it's it's funny how the evolution of the makeup artist has evolved in the movies because you always see it, but you never recognized it. You know what I mean? And people never really got a bunch of... Uh, uh, kudos for it. only only in the industry amongst themselves which is cool too but you know since that uh, tv show came out a few years back uh face off that's when people really started noticing <clears throat> how much work and and effort actually goes into making these things i've i spent uh, three months once making a, a head uh, only saw three seconds of uh, film time you know what i mean so it's it's just, I understand how stuff works and and whatnot, but it's neat to finally you know see people get the recognition that they deserve, especially these old uh, mastercrafts, oh, you know that yeah. that are out there that don't do it anymore. Oh yeah, no, I, I just what do you, you? I remember when we were doing Man in the Alley, you were you know, you talked about how I don't know who you spoke to about looking for a top of foot trauma. I always found that was really interesting, like where you go to source the realism of the effect. Like, I think you were talking about, like, a car burning out on the top of somebody's feet or something. I don't know what you used for that, but I remember you telling me. Am I crazy? Oh, oh, for for the, uh, for when we did the gnarled feet and stuff and the drag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, 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 I research everything I possibly can because, you know, I want to try to make it as realistic as possible. But yet still, depending on the, on the uh, gravity of the movie, if it's a serious movie, you want your work to, you know, dead nuts. If you're doing something camp kind of fun, you can get away with a little bit more over the top stuff because it fits with the the movement of the film, you know, you know, like evil dead zombies from the first one were great for that movie, but they wouldn't work great in the new evil dead. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's a whole different thing. So, but when I was doing man in the alley, it seemed like more of a serious, uh, uh, mind head type of, uh, uh, thing. What I did is I went through and, and I've researched uh, foot damage. Uh, I, I type in the stuff that I want to look at. Uh, feet damage, uh, you know, burns, scratches, uh, whatever. Uh, foot scrape from motorcycle accidents, stuff like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, man. Some of the stuff is pretty hard to look at. But, yeah, but, you know, I'm using it for reference work and stuff like that. Um, I, I try to stay away from anything where uh, – <clears throat> so I have this weird thing about kids being hurt. So. Sure. 
So I, I try not to work on too many movies that have any kids being injured severely. I mean, I'll do it, but you know, it, it just it, it hits me a little bit differently than say an adult. You know. Totally, totally. But yeah, I mean, there's and there's and you have to keep in mind too when you're watching some of these videos or when you're looking at this research work, uh, you can't get too too uh, involved with what happened to them. You know what I mean? Because then it kind of messes with your head a little bit. You start thinking, "Oh fuck, man!" You know, so <laughs> you just got to keep in mind: it's, this is reference work, man. You don't ha you don't have to get all involved and be all choked up and not be able to do your work because it reminds you of something from the past or whatever. You know, it's just stuff like that. But yeah, I try to keep it as realistic as I can. That's fascinating. Does it does it ever uh do it ever like take a toll? I guess, you know, when you're when you're really into like, you know, you talk about not getting wrapped up, but does like, you know, operating in the function of like gore and death for you, does it do you have to ever take a step back and be like, Okay, maybe I should just go sniff some flowers and look <laughs> look at a look at look at some kittens? <laughs> um, you know, uh I not really, man. Um I do get upset sometimes when I do research work. Uh but when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that, no, because when I was young, man, I was, I was always into all that stuff. Uh, I think when I was from the ages of, uh, eight to about, uh, 12, all I would draw is grim reapers. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was like my favorite, my favorite thing. I just loved the whole aspect of, about the reaper, you know, and, and the, uh, the scariness of it. Uh, when I was, a when I was a kid, this is going to sound really stupid, man, but when I was a kid before I, before I found out who I was and whatnot, I did, I got picked on a little bit. I was kind of a, a, a recluse shut in nerd kind of a kid, I guess, you know, I didn't really talk to much people. I, I played my sports and I stayed at home, you know, that was, that was what I did. And, um, I would have these thoughts of you know, the kids that would bully me. And I wish I could turn into a demon and just destroy him or scare the shit out of him or something, you know? Yeah. And that was always in the back of my head. And, um, but I never ever, nah, I never really tripped out on too much stuff like that. I mean, and there's always point of views too. You know, you don't know why certain people are the way they are. Uh, like when I was doing this headshot, basically what it was was a head blown off by a shotgun, but the guy wanted the, uh, half the head. I was like, dude, you can't shoot somebody in the head with a shotgun point blank and still have a head there. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it took me a while and I finally found uh, a video of somebody who actually did that, uh, but he didn't die. It was half his head was there. And in the video I was watching the nurses, and the doctors, they were all laughing and stuff because all the weird noises and things he was making. And I was thinking to myself, man, I got so angry. I'm like, dude's dying in your hospital, you know? This, this guy is obviously obviously dead you know what i mean but still to, to sit there and have no compassion over the person dying and it bugged me for a couple of days and i started thinking about it you know i don't know the context of how this what happened for all i know this dude could have been a pedophile you know what i'm saying these doctors are haha you're getting what you deserve you know so it's just you can't take things too seriously when you look at stuff like that too yeah no yeah i i feel you no is there is there 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 been Anything that you've seen that someone else has made that has grossed you the fuck out? I gotta know. Oh, grossed me out? Yeah, like, have you ever been like, have you, do you do you have to look away from uh, special effects ever? Is it ever able to get to you now? No, no, special effects don't really get to me. Because, um, I mean, I look at so much real stuff right. that it's, it's different. Um, there is one thing that got me, it was a while ago, it was an old-ass movie. It's... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it's basically about a bunch of kids who get dropped off at their grandparents' house. I think it's called Imposters. I could be wrong on that. Oh, um, yeah. Was that the one about the – Is uh, was it Danish? They're like little kids? And yeah, I think they, so. And they, and, the yeah. Innocence. Innocence. 
Oh, innocent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um. Yeah, that movie's It's where the grandparents aren't the real grandparents. They murdered them and stuff, and the kids find out about it. Or was that the visit? Maybe the visit. It was an M Night Shyamalan movie. It's kind of like found footage, where she's like running around underneath the deck. Uh, I don't remember that part, man. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, it was this, these these murderers, and they would kill people and overtake their homes and stuff, and. And then, anyway, they had these two kids with a daughter and a, and, a, and a son. And this is not so much the FX part that bothered me, um, but what they did to the little boy, I think it was the uh, the kid was kind of like a wimp, like a little wah, wah, baby kind yeah, of a kid throughout yeah. the entire thing, yeah, completely useless. Yep. So the the grandmother or the grandfather, one of the two, takes a pile of shit and just shoves it in this kid's face. Then yeah, the kid snaps. That movie is and, uh, brutal. Yeah, that movie yeah. is brutal. That's a brutal movie, yeah. Yeah, so that one right there kind of made me go, oh, damn, put shit in dude's face. You know, I was just, that one kind of grossed me out a little bit. I was kind of, uh, and the kid reacted probably the same way I would react. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? yeah, no, excellent. That's a, that's a crazy, that's a crazy fucking movie, actually. I've seen that movie. It, yeah, it is. That's one I like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bleak, bleak, but but uh, but dope. Yeah, well, I had a good ending. I like the ending in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I really want to thank you for coming on. It's been uh, a really awesome and enlightening conversation, and I I hope that we get to work again soon on something. Um, and uh, you know, if you if if you're ever if you're ever in in the neighborhood, please feel free to hit me up. We can go over it. I'm pretty sure that uh, probably probably like a couple months away from Margarita Kill being in its final final resting place, <laughs> if <laughs> if, you, if you will. I mean, got to build every sound from scratch, so it's a bit of an endeavor, but. Hey. I understand that, man. It's tough work. Yeah, yeah. You know, all I got is time, so then uh, it'll 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 get done. It'll get done. Um, thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. Um, oh, thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate this. It was uh, it was a fun little show. I'm digging this. Yeah, and and everybody out there, please follow Dan on Instagram. He's at Cheese Nipper, um, and uh, check out his. You know, he's got pictures from some of my films, some other stuff that he's done, and you can look at his look at his stuff. And if you get a chance to go to Sinister Creature Con next year, I'm sure he'll be there. And yep. <laughs> watch him do. Uh, watch him do. How was that? Was that fun? Was that? that, that oh a- man, you know, every every time I go, it's fun. It's always a new experience every time I go. Uh, the the people, I you know, it's kind, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff, man. I Same. really enjoy watching people walk around with their cosplay costumes on. Yeah. Uh, there were two people there this year. Uh, there was a mummy and a Medusa that was walking around, and you know, if I didn't know better, man, I would probably say these guys are professional makeup artists. I mean, this stuff was Sweet. on point for doing it at home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think next year I, we were walking around and I was like, you know what? I want a booth. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand out my movies at a booth next year. I think that I was I was like, being there as a as a consumer, it kind of felt. And it's not like I you know, and I'm not saying that from like a position of oh, I make stuff, so I shouldn't be no. But like it was like it felt different. It felt, after making a couple of movies, it felt different walking around and like and I'm like, oh, they're selling stuff I make. Like I was like, oh. I'd like. I'd rather like talk to these people than like you know be a customer. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh no, I do a lot of that, man. I mean, I always yeah. encourage people to talk to me if they're if they're doing the makeup or if they're older than makeup. Yeah. You know, I, I learn so much. I, I like to go to Los Angeles to Monster Palooza and I watch a lot of the demos. In fact, uh, watching some of these masters work, uh, I pick up techniques and stuff, and I practice their techniques for a little bit, and then I see how it would help me in my my business or my work, and then I just adapt. 
little things from everybody and you create your own your own style that way as well and, and these cons are actually a wealth of, of of information if you just sit down and talk to somebody absolutely you know? absolutely absolutely my my anxiety that's where i get anxious when i'm in a big room with a bunch of people <laughs> just, yeah. and i'm like oh fuck i don't fucking i don't know i don't want to disrupt them <laughs> but that's uh, definitely good man right, that, there. Uh, yeah right exactly it's so irrational <laughs> um, right right well we're there to share what we love okay. you know yeah totally some people are better at it and some people are just beginning their journeys and i love the people who are beginning their journeys because just to listen to them talk the 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 what do you call that the ambition and the uh, love and the passion they have you know it just comes out when they talk yep yep absolutely i think uh, what we've decided to do is i don't know that, i don't know if we told you the coaster idea is that we're gonna just gonna have qr codes put on like a thousand coasters with the poster of margarita kill and hand them out to bars and have them oh dude that'd be cool use them as their coasters because due to egregious copyright infringement submitting it as you know as it is is not an option so right, right. It's like, well, how can I submit it without any chance of any money in return? And then, uh, okay, then we're legal. If we're not trying to, if we're not asking anybody for anything, we can do whatever the fuck we want. So, <laughs> right, right. That's the, that's the that's the hope. Well, again, um, please follow Dan Acosta from Happy Death FX. He's at Cheese Nipper on Instagram, and uh, be sure to keep an eye out for uh, you know his work. And you can see it in in my film, which will be my first film, which will be available in about four months or so. Um, a Man in the Alley, and then upcoming film uh, Margarita Kill, which actually won't, won't be too far behind. It probably have two releases at the same time. So oh, both uh, great movies, man. Both yeah. great. You guys got to check them out. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Dan. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. I wish you the best. And uh, on that note, thank you all for joining us for another episode of Gorillas of Sacramento. You can follow me at Jeff the Platypus on Instagram, and be sure to follow the State Hornet at the State Hornet on Instagram as well and I hope you all have a wonderful week and we'll be back next week to talk about sound with Austin. You guys have a great one. Bye.